Welcome to the Baron's Hideout Podcast. I'm your host, Dustin. And I'm your co-host, Aaron. Before we get into the movie, we want to take a second of your time to talk about where you can find us online. You can find us on Twitter, which is the BHO underscore podcast. Also on Instagram, which is the Baron's Hideout underscore podcast. Where can they find you, Aaron? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at double AA row. You can find all these links and more on our link tree. Lastly, if you want to support us and a small business, Twisted Allure, you can use our code BHO podcast for 5% off. Come listen if you dare. Dustin. And I'm your co-host, Aaron. And today, we have another special guest on, like we've been doing for the past couple of months, is we have Ross from General Witchbinders. And uh, if you want to go and tell everybody where they can find you and what your show is about, because I personally think you guys are hilarious. I love listening to it, and I love British horror so much. And you guys, that's your thing, is British horror. Yeah, yeah. And um, super entertaining. There's three There's uh, three of you, so if you want to go and uh, you know plug everything, yeah. go right ahead, man. I'll do my best to sum it up. So, uh, as you said, we cover um, British horror. Um, yeah, that's a whole range of stuff. Um, we do, we've done some books in the past, which, um, but now we're not in lockdown anymore. We don't really have as much time to do the reading as we used to. We do a couple <laughs> of TV, yeah. TV programs um, but, and films. Um, it does seem that everything seems to uh, we cover um, came out around 1971, 1972, but that's not by, by choice, but uh, a lot of Christopher Lee and all that kind of stuff. So, I if you want it. something, yeah, yeah. If you want something super, super niche, super British with a very particular period in time, and you want three old guys talking about it, um, that's us. But um, yeah, I'm assuming you're listening to this on some kind of podcast platform. So just search for Jevon Witchwinders on there, and um, we should come up. Awesome. Please check them out. Uh, you guys have uh, it was what your 25th episode that you just. Yeah, yeah, we started off doing them every two weeks, but now they kind of um, we try and get, do that now, but it's it's sort of moves to like three, four weeks. It all depends on people's availability. It's just um, at work. Yeah, if you got you got three people, just trying to get everyone schedule lined up and stuff. But um, yeah, we've um, I think what was our twenty fifth? It was the um, the Twins of Evil. Yeah, it was a um, like a, a late seventies um uh hammer which was that was good fun but the one before that was the wicker man so i think most people have seen the wicker man so if, if you want to watch something which you might have actually heard of that might be a good one to listen to yes that, that's a good episode they're all really funny and i love how deep you guys go into everything too and you kind of like touch on pretty much everything in the movies and twins of evil oh my god it's so funny like the first like five <laughs> minutes you guys are just like going off and it's so yeah. funny i love listening to you guys it's so strange, but in um, Twins of Evil, we was just laughing at that. The, the credits show someone, a woman just being burnt alive with a really sort of like upbeat music over the top of it. But the lady who was actually being burnt in that that sequence. Yeah. <laughs> um, spoke to us on Twitter. She's she's um, still around and she's um, active on Twitter. And it, it was just it's just crazy that because all of this, um, we actually got to speak to that that lady. And yeah. she sent a picture of the, um, on Twitter 
the other day that when she was at um, Paul McCartney's 21st birthday party and some of the photographs she took at that. And it's just oh, that's like, awesome. Huh. Yeah. So two removed from a like, Beatle now. Yeah, that's that's another thing that's like really crazy with like the whole podcast world is like, especially um, with Aaron and I, we've only been doing this like a year and year one, and a half, roughly. You know, like a year not and a couple even, months. Yeah. And um, the amount of friends that we have made, like not even just in the podcast community, but like, you know, directors and actors and other people, yeah. like all in the horror community. It's crazy. We can mm. connect with it. You would never think that it would happen, but it happens. No. And you're like, yeah. wow, is this really what's going on? It's also really interesting how many people have got um, some kind of search set up for themselves or stuff they've been in, so that it, it gets pinged up, so that they, they suddenly be aware of what's yeah. going on there. Mm-hmm. I um, uh, do you, do you, do you have stats on like where your listeners are? Um, yeah, are we you, do. Yeah, are you predominantly uh, Americans um, audience? Uh, we yeah, we have about like I would say eighty percent in America, but we have a really big UK like um, following. Yeah. We got about like. 12% in there and like like a little bit of everything else nice. um and i think I, I i have to thank my my friend um dean of the dead um he does hot sauces i don't know if you are familiar with him but he is in the uk and okay. he does um yeah. a lot of conventions and stuff he goes by dean of the dead hot sauce mm-hmm. and um he's a really good friend he actually just came over um a couple of weeks ago to his first trip to the u.s oh, nice. so we, we just met him and he's doing a bunch of conventions i think he's doing um for the love of horror i think weekend or something like that so it's just he's crazy but check him out he's mm. such an awesome dude and get him I on saw your the show. hot sauces i saw the hot sauces on twitter yeah they, yeah they look pretty good yeah i haven't actually been to a horror convention been to lots of um comic cons and stuff but never been to an actual horror convention they're not quite as big over here so um there's something yeah that's what he was saying yeah. he's saying there's a lot more comic cons but he said within the last like couple of years it seemed like they're starting to take the horror convention route a little bit more serious which is good mm. No, and um, yeah. so yeah, I would definitely uh check him out and uh reach out to him. He would love to come on. Such nice. an awesome dude. Just let him know what I sent you. <laughs> I will do. Um, so if you ever need a guest or anything and you just want to talk movie, man, wicked. Um, so I think without further ado, we can um probably jump right into Firestarter. Um, Aaron, you want to go ahead and uh give us some, I don't know, IMDb credits and whatnot. I mean, the one that everybody knows is obviously oh, Drew Barrymore. Say, uh, everybody knows Drew, Bar- yeah. Drew Barrymore. I was just telling Aaron, too, um, before this, like, you don't really realize that Drew Barrymore was in a lot of movies as a kid mm, in the 80s. Yeah. You don't realize that. Until you, like, see her name and then you're like, shit, yeah. that was her. <laughs> she's in yeah, PT. Yeah. She's in Firestarter. Is she like a, is she like a, uh, a talk show host now in the States? Is yeah, that she what, is. What? Yep, she has her own yeah. show. I don't yeah, know how I mean, well it does because I don't watch it, but um, I've only seen like clips online of when she gets, you know, she goes a little bit nuts or maybe like bursts into yeah. tears or something. There was a, a clip of her um, when Steven Spielberg came on, and I think she was just like burst into tears and was just like telling him how much, like he, how important she, he was for her growing up, and he just looks so uncomfortable. And it was, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. Steven Spielberg. I can just picture him just like at a distance there, there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's definitely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think this was gonna happen. Yeah, I, 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 I liked you better when you was a kid. Just yeah, yeah, like, off. That little girl. Mm. Yeah, of course. Drew Barrymore, Scream, all that yep. fun stuff. Yeah, she was in Scream too. Yeah, Fifty First Dates. Um, yeah, David Keith, who plays Andrew McGee, was mm. the dad. 
see. Um, I don't think I really knew him in anything else other than this. I know he was in a lot, and um, this he was in Daredevil was... actually. Oh, really? Huh. He played Jack Murdoch. So, yeah, but he, not, not the good Daredevil, the Ben Affleck. No, yeah. Yeah, 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 no, not yeah. This was um this a movie the... I haven't seen in like ten or twelve years, and um I was also telling Aaron like there's bits and pieces of this that I remember, but I never thought of it as a horror movie. It's way mm. more sci-fi, even though it's a Stephen King story. I never read the mm. book, um, but all the memories I have, I'm just like, oh yeah, this is a really cool sci-fi uh, movie, mm. and even like watching it again, I'm like. This is totally more sci-fi than there is horror until the end is a little bit more on the it's horror all, it scale. All, it all papers up to the end, doesn't it? I think the yeah. whole film is just waiting for that like, pointing thing. Well, I, I, in my memory, it was Kurt Russell in this film, not not this <laughs> I feel like he's just. That would I be feel a... like he's a, a Kurt Russell, Jack Nicholson sort of like hybrid you would get when you can't afford those two guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see it. That would be awesome. Have one of them in it, but other than this guy, I mean, he did really good. Don't he had get a me role wrong. Gary too. Yeah, he's very good. The 2002. Oh, he was in the. Re- yeah. All right. What else have we got in here? Um. Yeah, he was notable. Um. Freddie Jones, who plays Doctor Joseph Wendless. Yeah, he's the the uh, the first Doctor. Let's see. Um. Known for Dune, Crawl, The Elephant. Oh, even the original. Oh, okay. <laughs> Yeah, wasn't wasn't he like the um the the main the Baron in the original June, wasn't he? I believe I so, yeah. Yeah. A lot of like little smaller roles. Yeah. Um Yeah. Heather Locklear, who plays Vicky, who was the mom. She was also a very big actress. She had she kind of a small role in this movie, but very small. She was only in a couple of scenes. I would have liked to see her a little bit. I think she was in it for the name. I think she was a very famous name. Yeah, yeah just to get definitely. people interested. Yeah. Um, what is she to... famous for, though? Because it's, she's one of those American people who I feel like Americans know. And a lot she, more, she... like, Melrose Place. Like, like drama, uh, slash star. Like, chick flicks and... Yeah. Yeah, like a soap star. Okay. Um, I'm trying to look for anything, like, notable that she was in a scary she... movie. So, I mean, does that underneath Oh yeah, like this. it's a lot of just like chick flicks and stuff like that. So like all like my mom used to talk. She about was in Hannah having... Montana. <laughs> <laughs> my mom used to talk about Locklear a lot, and my mom's a huge chick flick maniac. She loves watching all that stuff, or she would. Yeah, like, a couple of small in roles in like TV shows, like sitcoms and stuff like that. So nothing, nothing too crazy actually. I would have expected to see more because I know the name, but yeah, yeah. Um, and of course you have Martin Sheen. Martin Sheen. Yeah, there's a lot of big names in this movie. There is. It has a lot of star power, even though some of it isn't. Oh um, no! Yeah, I think to its, its full ability. extent. Yeah. Um, but I mean, the Sheen are um, everything. Yes. Yeah. But I think um, of all of those actors, even there's a the guy who played um Rainbird. He he's an Oscar winner. But I think out of all of those, um, Drew Barrymore just blew them all out of the picture because, well, literally at the end, but yeah. also yeah. It, it, in, it, as an acting shop. So I was just very impressed with her. Um, of course, The Departed, Badlands, Apocalypse Now. Yeah. Don't know Of um, George C. Scott, also, you know, in everything. Yep. 
I remember him mainly from um, Christmas Story. Was what the first thing I saw him in. And then um, he was Christmas in Christmas Story. Who yeah. did he play in? I haven't he, seen that one in forever. Who did he? He's uh, he's Scrooge. Who's Scrooge uh-huh. in that one? But yeah, he's in a lot of other um, uh, horror movies. He's in The Changeling. It's another film that a lot of people like. Uh, he was in Exorcist Three, that, and um, some other stuff. But he he had a very big reputation of always being like a drunk. <laughs> so <clears throat> yeah, and he was also doing a lot of work with his wife too. I think was um, he was a producer or an actor. I, I forget, but she did a lot of stuff with her. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of other things. Stuff. Yeah. All right. Um. Do we have any any weird uh, review thing on IMDb? Um. Let's see. Or any budget facts or anything like that? I always uh, like looking at the budget. To see. Fifteen million for the budget. Yeah. In nineteen eighty four, mm-hmm. I'm really surprised. Yes. When most of that went on stunts, I reckon. Yeah. yeah. Like when I see budgets like that for uh, movies in the eighties, and then you look at who was either directing it or um, you know. If it was based on a story, this is Stephen King, so I would imagine he probably put some of his own money into this. They'd be like, "Yeah, yeah, here you go, go, go do what you want." Um, but I'm sure that they obviously funded it from from other things. How much did it? Uh, opening weekend between the U.S. and Canada, uh, four million seven hundred twenty-six thousand six hundred sixty dollars. Five million. So it didn't make its money back right away, anyway. Mm. Like gross, it made seventeen million. Okay, so over the years, it sort of made its its money back, just but not really. really. <laughs> <laughs> and I kind of understand why this movie very hit or miss. Pacing is a little off, which mm-hmm. we'll talk about. Yeah, get over to uh, Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, and Ross, if you want to take some guesses as to what the uh, critics rated this on Rotten Tomatoes, a, I am a bit of a, a Rotten Tomatoes. Um... Uh, it's not something yeah. I go to. So it's out of a hundred, yes. Yeah? Is yep. that correct? Yeah. Uh, so, so this is the critic score rather than the yep. the. Um, there are twenty-seven okay. reviews. Yeah, critic score. Okay, and the average score, I would say, probably in the mid sixties. Ooh. Uh. So the critic score is at thirty-seven percent. Oh, That's okay. <laughs> um, audience score fifty thousand plus reviews. Okay. Um, I think let's let's go seventies. Uh, fifty-three. Okay. So the, yeah. the audience likes it slightly more. Slightly, <laughs> it's yeah. slightly above average. But I guess one of those things you got you got to remember the older films. If this film came out in nineteen eighty-four, yeah. Um, you're going to be the the reviews you're going to get on there are going to be over um, the years. Oh yeah, they're going to be like quite a long time after that point, so people are going to be look at, looking on it, um, yeah, differently, less yeah. less favorably, yeah, yeah, but because I uh, my history of this film, and it's one of the reasons I chose to do this was that um, we didn't. Uh, so how old are you guys roughly? Are you in, you're in your thirties? I'm twenty six. I'm twenty. Yeah, so about okay. in thirties. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I, I, it's a bad, it's a bad picture. I'm sorry, I um, <laughs> overage you by a bit. So I'm double your age. Um, <laughs> That's all good. Uh, and um, so, to get an actual videotape, um, you couldn't buy them. You had to rent them. Um, I can remember um, on the front of the last Starfighter um, 
uh, videotape. It said in the sh if you wanted to buy this, this is it would cost you like seventy five pounds or something, and, it, and that was like it, it, it was just trying to sort of show you the, the prestige of, of this actual videotape. And I, was, I remember like asking my parents, "Could I have for Christmas the one present I want? Is that a videotape of the last Starfire?" And they they luckily said to me, "No, you're not having that. It's not worth not worth the money." <laughs> um, but um, so we had a, a, quite a few sort of pirated videos. Um, uh, I think I'm allowed to say that now. I, I doubt anyone's going to come after us after oh, a 30 you. year old crime. Um, <laughs> but we used to have, um, so there were video rental stores you could go to, but they also, um, there would be uh, um, people would come around um, the estate where we lived and they would rent videos out the back of um, little out of little vans. So okay. uh, sometimes you, you know, you go, oh, the, the video van's there. So you'd run out there in your um, in your pajamas and your parents <laughs> let you pick pick one video, and they would take a few. Um, and my parents rented from the video van Christine, Firestarter, and Children of the Corn. Oh, nice! And, and the video van never came back. So <laughs> I don't know what I don't know what happened, but that. So we ended up we ended up having three legitimate, proper, non um, pirated videos in our house which i thought was really prestigious and also the picture quality was so much so much better than the all the you know the third or fourth generation copies you had yeah um so i was never allowed to watch children of the corn i don't know why um because christine was pretty i'm allowed to swear on, on your podcast yep, yep. no yeah. censorship so, here okay um christine was the first film i ever heard the term motherfucker and it was like i got to but i kind of knew what fuck meant and it was like the fact that those two words were put together it was just yeah. so scandalous to me so i was allowed to watch uh, christine and Firestarter. so just watch those in loop over and over and over again so it but obviously didn't come in uh, going that, that um that well if i didn't remember it wasn't Kurt, um russell in in the film <laughs> but um yeah so it, it is a a big part of my my um childhood um uh this this film so i think that in my the, the prestige i have um for it is probably a lot higher than a lot of other people although watching it um for this podcast you know 30 odd years later it was um a bit of a shock of yeah. you know the quality of it mm -hmm. um but i think I, I think i think there are some, some still really good bits in, in this film oh, oh, definitely. For sure. there, yeah there's definitely some really good nuggets in here that are good but mm. um just some pacing and stuff on it, I think. Um, but I think it's really just, it comes with the age and mm. how everything was filmed back then. And also it being like a merger of sci-fi and horror. And there really wasn't too much of it back there. It was... It was either one or the other. <laughs> yeah, it was more like, I guess the only other thing you could really compare to that, like, put sci-fi and horror, like the, the combination together would be like, um, thing, which the is like... What? The Fly Two is another one that really, but that was like more later in the eighties, was like oh, yeah. more early. But um, did you read even... um, that um, John Carpenter was meant to direct this, but because the thing didn't do very well, it, they pulled him off of it. Yeah. Oh, I remember actually yeah. um, hearing him talk about that. Actually. Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah. So it would have been interesting to see see, see right. his version. Of it. <laughs> yeah. It is kind yeah. of funny too if you think about that because like the opening score kind of has like a John Carpenter like you know That's sound cool. to mm -hmm. it. But um, mm. it definitely has its own thing. And well, um, I'm not going to say I don't like this movie. I do like the movie. I think um, there are definitely did. better ones you can pick, especially mm -hmm. if you want to watch a Stephen King adaptation. There's definitely better ones. I can see why they're remaking it. because It's a, it's a good story. Yeah. Um, yeah. Basically, basically, Stranger Things 
ripped off maybe half of their yeah, season, yeah. <laughs> season from um from for Firestarter. Um so you know, the, it's I think if anything, that recognition of from Stranger Things is gonna draw people um oh, to go oh, to definitely, yeah. And yeah. I hope that they, they touch on um more things. Like I'm probably gonna end up reading the book. I don't remember how big it is, but I, I wanna try to read it before the movie comes out. Mm. Just so I can see like if they add anything different than what this adaptation. But um I think coming out Yeah, there's there's lots of trailers out for it. It was really hard to find this film online to watch, to stream in this country anyway. Yeah, I mean, um I've eventually found it on the internet some internet archive site, but the Tangerine Dream soundtrack was like the main thing that kept coming up and obviously traders for for the um the remake. Yeah. I did read the book, but I was probably about fourteen and I just remember just being mainly impressed I read a book that thick because I never <laughs> read anything that, that thick before. Um uh and yeah, I I I, I used to tell everyone I love Stephen King novels. Me too. But that was that was the only one I'd read up until up until that point. Uh, uh, I'm a maniac, and um, I read through it like eight times, <laughs> and that's a huge book. Um, yeah. I, I love it, and we just did an episode on that one not lo- not that yes. long ago. This is yeah. actually the um, the final episode of our Stephen Kingathon, mm. so we're we're ending it on uh, a movie that I don't know if that many people really know is a movie. I think at, no. with with the remake being a thing, I think people started to realize that there was. An original because there mm. were people I, w- I was talking to um you know online and stuff um just just random people and they, they were saying like oh i can't wait for the the fire starter movie to come out I, I love the stephen king book and i'll just be like you do know that there was an original like what I'm like yeah mm. drew barrymore is in it it's it's more sci-fi oriented but it's definitely something that you watch before you see um the remake just to, you know kind of mm. compare the two you probably will and it's coming out May thirteenth in the U.S. So I don't know mm-hmm. if that's going to be the same time frame for you. Yeah, roughly, probably roughly. Yeah, very very soon. Uh, Aaron, yeah. is there any um, weird reviews or horrible reviews on there that you want to pop up before we uh, jump into? <laughs> this one's negative. Oh, um, give it to me. Even before it begins laying waste to the reputations of cast members, Firestarter is promptly exposed as a derivative embarrassment of a conception. Um, which I mean, I it does like considering like the, you know like the some of the big names they had in the movie, it is a little it does leave a little to be desired, I think. Mm-hmm. But yeah, lot of star power. Um, but I think it was really just a yeah, exactly, movie. yeah. Um, and again, if that's a contemporary review, calling it derivative when I think a lot of things have ripped it off, yeah, it, it's exactly. difficult. So I think often when you're looking at uh, older things which may have done things the first time, yeah. it's really easy. To not see it through the, the sort of the eyes yep. of the audience, audience of the, who first saw it, completely agree. Um, especially when like people have such different, like they have different perspectives, like from different times, you know. So, yeah, we will talk about the um the older men's uh, relationships with young girls in this film later on, I imagine, which did seem a little bit creepy. Yeah, like mm-hmm. yep, I have some of that in my notes. Yeah. E- no, it wouldn't. Um. <laughs> Film's crucial flaw is the lack of a strong point to the story. A little girl has her dangerous power. Some guys want to ignore her. Others watch it as things catch on fire. That's about it. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't know if I would put that as a negative review. That, that seems very entertaining. 
Yeah, you know, right. If, you, if you word it that way, like, oh, she I've, just sets things on fire. Hell yeah. I want Michael, to see things burn. Have Michael Bay direct, direct it. <laughs> oh, God. There'd be explosions everywhere. Even though there are a lot of explosions in this. <laughs> that, that's one badass little. <laughs> um, this one's good. Certified. Although not exactly a hidden studio horror, Firestarter is still worth a watch. Ability for variety of its cast. Yeah, so does another one bringing up the, the cast member. Which I can see is probably the biggest like issue yeah, the, people have with it. Yeah. Um, but I think for like what they they wrote. Or everybody is, I think they did a very good job on it, uh, especially George. Scott. I mean, he goes the way that he can shift himself and how he does. Like, oh, from things. like John to like, yeah, <laughs> which we, we will definitely get into. Uh, Ross, if you have any uh, last um, comments before we jump into the film, then uh, no, I think we'll, we'll probably get them as we as we go along. Charlie McGee is a healthy eight year old girl. Normal in every way. Charlie, now watch what you're doing. But one. Did she do that? What are you gonna do with it? I'll bring her here. So you can do all your tests. And you give her to me. Charlie has the power. Do something bad. But you still love me. She can set things on fire. Something's happening in there. With just a glance. It is a power she does not want. Stick with him. Daddy, I'm scared. So am I, honey. A power she cannot control. Back up. And each night, she prays to be just like every other child. We haven't got her yet. We left. But there are those who will do everything in their power to find her. To control her. Charlie! And maybe destroy her. Charlie! Come to me, Charlie. Go! You would have to burn it down. I mean, burn it all down. Charlie McGee is Stephen King's fire starter. start it off ross or you want us to do it um i'll maybe start at the beginning i kind of lose the plot a bit um sure. towards we get to the end because i gotta uh admit that i did fall asleep i've tried to watch this three times and i've fallen asleep in the middle each time <laughs> that, that's all um, good so yeah sure if you want yeah to shoot so it off. i'm gonna start right at the very beginning very very underwhelming um credit sequence yeah you, you've got text going over um a black screen with a, a wisp of smoke which you're thinking at some point this is going to burst into flames and it doesn't, and and it's just so badly filmed as well. You can hardly see that that, that smoke's going on. If you think about all the great title sequences in cinema history, this must have been the most underwhelming and boring yeah. one ever ever um, seen. Good music, though. Yes, very good music. I do like the score in this a lot. Yeah. So then we cut to um, the uh, uh, Charlie and her dad, who I've immediately forgotten his name, Andy, isn't Andy, it? Yeah. Uh, um, kind of being chased through like a um a crowd and this 
this was the first of the um, Terminator vibes I got out of this um, film, where uh, you've got someone being uh, chased by uh, someone through like a um, a public space, um, and, and and no one in, in the public space is is is, is helping them. Um, and they're just the, not the, doing their own thing. <laughs> yeah, and they're just getting in their way and stuff. And um, I just yeah, I, I thought that was quite interesting um, for me that that that. that uh, that sort of memory of, of Terminator, uh, which yeah, which now that you mentioned that, uh, I can feel that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like the, also the other aspect of it, it was that, that whenever they stopped running, there would be a uh, flashback, um, which was what happened in Terminator as well. Every time <laughs> they um, they stopped, um, Reese would have a is it is Reese Carl Reese, isn't it? Yeah, um, would have some kind of uh, flashback. However, they didn't have the awful. Sort of like watery, scooby <laughs> um weird effect, which they put in this film. It just, it did feel very um, like a TV program. It was almost like this looks like the production values of like Magnum or something when I when I was watching yeah, it. Yeah, like um, made for TV film, which was like yeah. what happened with a lot of TV stations, especially back then. So yeah, yeah. And I think the problem you got is that if Kubrick's um, uh, adapted one of his films, everything's going to be held up to like The Shining, and then get like, oh, oh yeah, it's not yep. The Shining, is it? You know. Um, we get the um, uh, Andy and uh, manages to um, bustle um, uh, Charlie into the back of a cab um, because the guys from the shop uh, are chasing him. And he um, it's the first point uh, time you see him use something called um, push, where he uh, holds onto the side of his head and tries to uh, um, influence the mind of the um, taxi driver and convinces him that the um, is it a five dollar bill? Is a five hundred dollar bill? Yep. Yeah, he turns a one dollar yeah. bill into a five hundred dollar bill. He goes, like, "Oh, yeah. how'd you do that?" <laughs> <laughs> Which is funny. Which don't even exist. <laughs> yeah, but all American money is all the same color anyway. So yeah, um, when I went to um, New York for the first time, some um, homeless guy asked me some money, and I thought I was giving him like uh, a couple of dollars, and I was like, I'm like "Oh no, sorry, those are twenty dollars." Could you? And I had to take the money back off him, and I just felt really bad of like <laughs> yeah. trying to take this money. Yeah, so um, I, I can see that could happen all the time. Um, yeah, but then that's when we had um, our, our flashback to when um, the the um, the experiment, which um, so lot we see a, a, a lot of sex. Yeah. yeah, if you guys, I don't know if you guys want to cover what happens in the uh, the experiment. All right, Aaron, you want to go? Or you want to go? So, yeah, you got a bunch of college students. They volunteered for their experiment lot six. Um, so. Some of, uh, was it uh, ten of them? I think it was. Yeah, that was ten. Got like yeah. um, like this hallucinogenic like. Yeah, it's like a like, weird fucking... like um compound. It was like a bunch of stuff. Like honestly, I was trying to listen to how this guy was saying. Mm. I don't know what any of the stuff you're saying right yeah, now. Yeah, it's all scientific. So all I, all I caught on was lot six. And some of you are going to be um administered this, while other ones aren't. I think they're yeah. probably doing like obviously yeah. the real thing just. If it was gonna mix with their their minds or whatnot. The scary part is too, like not even the doctors knew like who was getting what, so it's like yeah, exactly. <laughs> they had to keep it all controlled, possible. Yeah, so I I get this is the first um, Stranger Things vibes for me. You yeah, know, you've got the the guy um, doing experiments on people. Um, it was very much um, uh, MK Ultra. Are you guys? Do you guys ever listen to last podcast on the left? Um, that, that. um I, like I think I've listened to a couple episodes because it does yeah. sound familiar. Again, yeah, they've so many podcasts. Yeah, <laughs> they've done an excellent. I think f- maybe four or five part se- uh, series all about MK Ultra and all these secret 
experiments which the yeah. um, CIA and American government were doing on people around this time, including just giving people enormous doses of LSD just to see what would happen and how much LSD can you give them, um, and uh, doing it to students, doing it to people in um, in uh, to soldiers, doing it to people in prison. Uh, some people in prison were just given like LSD every day for months just to see what would happen, and it's just you know it's just crazy that what you're seeing at that point did happen yeah and, exactly you know, um but you know no one would turn into like psychic um pyromaniac like super weapons if only yeah. that would have yeah okay way more interesting um, <laughs> but the, there's a scene so you have um uh, andy and um charlie's mum yeah, seem to name. instantly inst- instantly fall in love when they when they take when they're on their trip yeah um i love but, you <laughs> <laughs> um but is it is it implied that they become psychic at that point because uh, a lot of my notes ago what are their powers because there, there's lots of like different powers are hinted at yeah so to each other what i remember is um she was like talking to Andy, like oh uh, he like said a comment and she said something back he's like i didn't say that and then she's and then they start talking like you know with oh, their minds yeah. and and like there's like a bunch of other like craziness going on behind them like you got the one guy bleeding out of his fucking eyeballs yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then and then when andy keeps telling the guy to shrink he's like shrink. <laughs> yeah like he says he's really really high right now <laughs> so we find out the whole film was actually a hallucin- hallucination which andy had on that bed at that point before yeah. he died so it's a whole jacob's ladder a sort of um thing that would that, that could have been a nice little twist at the end of it but i can remember um the guy who pulled his ripped his own eyeballs out that was one of the things which as a kid was like oh this is sorry to bang my mic um this bit's too scary i should be watching this you yeah know, this is the first the first horror element in the, in the film very visceral but you keep watching anyway <laughs> yeah exactly yeah yeah <laughs> yeah so Kind of, kind of explain how like she can read. Yeah, they kind of take a brief, brief yeah. thing about you know, oh Charlie, isn't it? I think they make their way to the airport. Like they cut. Yep. The, the flashback is like what, like ten minutes. Yeah. But it feels yeah. like a long time because there's a lot of stuff that happens. But it, yeah, there's a lot it's, of it's... like back and forth. For like yeah, the first, especially like, at the beginning. Know trying yeah. to get that exposition in there um i was trying to work out why were they going to the airport because they go to the airport and then just leave the airport and it's not oh, yeah. as if they're trying to get on a plane because they don't have any money yeah um when they're at the airport um they have a conversation where um andy's uh, trying to convince charlie that stealing is okay there's the difference between a good a, 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 a small bad thing and a big bad thing because she's saying he shouldn't steal and um he's saying we need to so he uses his powers at this point, to um, make a um, a payphone spit a load of coins out. Yeah. Um, so again, there's something. Well, what is what are his powers? Because previously, it's kind of implying that he's he's got some kind of psychic control over people's minds. But now in this bit, it's like he's got oh, some kinetic. control over mach- over machinery. Um, how does how does that work? Um, yeah, but also, how really much weird. money? How much money is he getting out of there? Because how many is this? Quarter, I don't know. Those what, would be, I think at the time it would have been quarters, and it was a hefty yeah. amount, but I would say probably total is maybe like $10, if that. Yeah. And they just seem so excited. Point ticket. <laughs> no. yeah, exactly. And they're like, oh, we, they seem so excited about the amount of money they got out of that. <laughs> yeah. We're Cat, rich, yeah. Charlie. Well, I think the main reason why he probably thought that they had a lot of money, he, he knew how to trick people into thinking that maybe he had more money 
like how he mm -hmm. did with the with the the cab driver. So I think they were already implying that like he can kind of just do anything at this point to trick the mind, and mm. I guess also trick a payphone, which, <laughs> which is weird. Um, but I think um the whole reason why they were trying to go to the hair the airport because I think they were talking about going to um Charlie's grandfather's house. So maybe mm. that maybe they could they could fly there. Maybe maybe like this. You know, uses his mind to be like, I need to go on this plane, mm. and then go there, and then go to the the house. That's that's mm. what I'm thinking. But um, there's a lot of things Not that happen, like yeah. with with Charlie, like um, you know, focusing on the two cut the the couple that's talking or whatever, and then she gets mm. really mad at the guy, and then it sets his his legs on fire. <laughs> yeah, which, well, I um, thought I was the um, I read I read the last Stephen King film. Uh, book I read was The Stand, I think. Oh. And isn't there a whole thing about a girl in there who um, is being is is pregnant? Uh, one of the main characters, and then she's kind of abandoned by the uh, by the the guy, the boy who made her pregnant. Um, yeah, I, I, I think that's the case. I, uh, forgive me, um, Stephen King fans, if I got that wrong. But it feels to me this that's a very Stephen King kind of trope of like yeah. you know like the young girl being abandoned. Um, you know, on her own, and it's just and just basically, men are horrible, and and just and and and, and deserve to be punished. But I think this is um a, an opportunity for them to show Charlie's powers for the first time, and then and and that fact that she can't really control them. Yeah. Um. So and that's it's, it's a nice it's a nice touch as well, and also we see you know the wind going through her hair, her heavy breathing, her, um, uh, her uh, perspirating. So mm -hmm. it kind of, it's kind of setting up when you see this happening, stuff's going to set on fire. So it's, it's just like, <laughs> like the, the, the beginning of Jaws. When you, when you hear this, this um, sound on the cello, whatever it is, a shark. You watch the fuck out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I agree on that. Um, yeah. She does have a lot of like, um, like character yeah, development and, throughout, like when she starts to control everything, and she's like, "Back off, back off." Yeah. That's a little head, um, yeah, but yeah. But one of the things that I that she's really afraid of that she always touches on, especially when it's going to steal the money. Um, when um Andy's um trying to get, it and she's telling him like, "It's not right. It's not right to steal." And he's like, "No, no, no. It's fine." But and he goes, "Well, I made mommy scream," and then and at that point, you're like, "What?" <laughs> But you yeah. get, you kind of and, get and you realize that the mum's not there. So I think yeah. at that point you're you're kind of implied, you're trying to think, did she kill the mum? I think yeah. that, that, that's what they're trying to set up. And like you're like, so maybe that's why she doesn't want to use these powers because she knows that she can't control it and she hurts people that she loves. I mean, we don't really find out what happens until maybe like twenty minutes from now. Um, but yeah, I just think when the guy gets his feet on fire and he runs <laughs> in and dips him into the toilet is so funny. <laughs> <laughs> and the guy is like trying to bring him. I was like, hey, hey, let me get my feet out first, man. Yeah. Um, but anyway, Aaron, you can uh, you can go ahead and continue on that one. Yeah. So point where present day, um, Andy comes home from work, gets home. He's I'm home, Charlie. I'm home. Blah blah blah. Um, then he ends up finding his wife, uh, murdered. Yeah. In like a closet, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah. So this is another flashback, isn't it? That yeah. they're having a... so the in the my mem memory so was that and I don't know if this is just a mis misremembering or it's in the in the book. Um my memory is that they in that they were gonna find her in the washing machine. And I don't know if that's something that happens in the book. Um and I can remember that they you, you do see um that her fingernails have been pulled out. Um, but they don't go. They don't focus on that in the film. But in the book, my one of my 
only memories of reading it is that they they tortured her to find out where Charlie was and they pulled her fingernails out with, with pliers. And I can remember that being quite a horrible thing to read when I was like 14 years well, old. They better have that in there. I want to see that. Honestly, yeah, it would have been a nice touch, you know? Maybe it would have been too much at the time, but um, I was... But yeah, because they kind of imply <laughs> that... The horror was also about pushing you, you know? Yeah. So, mm. so they were implying that maybe she would wash machine all the blood on it. And then when he opens up the, the closet, she comes down. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, no, okay. Yeah. yeah. I love how they took the time, too, to just fucking just stuff her in a closet. Like. Yeah, it's like, here you go. We're not even going to like, dispose of her body or anything. We want Andy to find her. This but we don't want to leave her out in the open, though. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, but I, but they, I, I think just previous to that, um, uh, Charlie feel, uh, can feel the shop coming to the, to the airport. Um, yeah. and I think that's another when you thought, is that one of her powers as well that she she's got some kind of precognition or some kind of like um, it's like uh, kind of see briefly yeah, kind of yeah exactly. the stuff they're literally like yeah. every X Men in, in... <laughs> yeah <laughs> for real though yeah I wonder if this was actually like in X Men start I'm just looking a thing for... until like the 80s looking for a Marvel yeah. look. <laughs> yeah, yeah be... I mean well there was a there's a sequel to this film isn't there where yeah, there um, is. she... She good. fights, fights a lot. I haven't seen it, but the description sounds good because the uh, I can't, it's Rainbird, isn't it? Apparently, he gets a load of other kind of like um mutant type things to come and fight her, and um, it's like a battle on paper. That sounds great to me, and I can I could have seen like a, a whole sort of um a series of films of her battling other shop mutants and stuff. Yeah, that would have been, yeah. yeah, I've I've seen the sequel and it's. Like, watch it once if you really want, but I think after that, you'll probably be like, yeah, that's enough. <laughs> One of those films. But yeah. Anyway, so he finds his wife, Vicky, dead, and he realizes at this point Charlie is missing. Which I thought was kind of funny, too. He came in, like, first thing he said, he was, like, he was looking for Charlie. Like, mm -hmm. Charlie, I'm home, where are you? And then he, like, obviously, with the shock of his wife being dead, like, he just, like, immediately forgets about his daughter, and he's like, shit, I haven't seen my daughter since I fucking walked in the house, and yeah. then all of a sudden he's in. Yeah. Did we, have we missed another another flashback where, um, previous to this, where they were tr tr kind of training Charlie to use her powers when she was oh, um, right, cook right. cooking toast? Um, and they were, this yeah. is when we see how they, um, how she actually hurt her mum, yeah. because she was... They was kind of enjoying her. Oh, yeah. um, she what, said her dad was push it out, pull it yeah. back, push it out, pull it back, and then her mum make what says so she has to go to bed, and then she sets fire to the mum's um, mitts, washing up gloves. Yeah. Um, Andy gets but then kind I think, mad. Yeah, but we also get a phone call with no one on the other end, so they imply that the shop are after them, so they they know the shop are trying to yeah. trying to find them. At that always point. there, always there. I, I love that. It's so like dumb sounding, but just <laughs> the shop. This it just sounds really cool. To me. I, I like yeah. that. Until you actually see it, and it's, yeah, and you're yeah. just like, what? <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. So I think. Well, I think we 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 come to the shop soon because these these flashbacks she was talking about um are happening when he's uh they managed to get to a um like a, a motel um. Just before um, he almost gets run over by a truck, which I thought yeah. was actually a quite a, a, a good um, um, scene. But th this is, I think we have two or three flashbacks, but when which is quite unusual um, sort of narrative device for a film where the guy falls asleep, has a flashback, wakes up, 
and then goes back to sleep again and has another flashback. Yeah. Wait, and this happens several times. I feel like the structure of this film is, is yeah. very weird at this point. Um, that's, what I, that's what I mean about the pacing. It's like it they're trying, they're trying to you know tell you the whole story of this family while mm. things are already going down. Which I think if they restructured it a little bit better and like oh, had totally. the flashbacks kind of be beginning mm. and you know just lead onto it and then. Mm. And then you can be like, I don't know, like two years later, um, mm. uh, Andy and Charlie are on the run. Yeah, and then right into there. I think we probably would have been a better way of doing it uh, instead of having to all these gaps. Like first fifteen twenty minutes, you're already trying to figure out why are they being chased, and then mm. now you're trying to figure out where's the mom. They always mm. talk about the, the answer to that, and then you keep going back to you know all these flashbacks, and then you're also in. Like the the main story, yeah, you, you just get kind of disoriented a little. Kind of like mm. makes you lose interest a little bit. Like I said, I think it was after this where I started, you know, towards yeah. the middle where I started to lose interest, and then kind of mm. came back. But yeah, it, it does. It takes its time to kind of build up. I want to consider this movie a slow burn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I would just, I would just say that the pacing is definitely off a little bit. But um, mm. other than that, I, I think it's it's a it's a good film. Yeah. Watch. I think it's a good story more than yeah. a good film. Yeah, yeah, that's a better it, way yeah. of saying it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we see the shop for the first time, and we're introduced that by, um, is it Martin? Sheen? I forget which, I've forgotten who it is. Who, who's the, who, is it Martin Sheen? Am I, am yeah, I Martin Sheen. Wrong? Yeah, he's um, yeah, Captain Sheen, Hollister. Yeah. yeah. So he, he, you see him riding a, a bike um, up to like a, what I, Okay, this is a question I've always wanted to ask some Americans. What is a country club, and does that is that what a country club looks like? Because I seem to remember um, country club. Be... It's like golf courses, and like it's for like rich people to kind yeah. of just hang out. It's like a club for rich people. Yeah, sure. So like a golf club. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Because I seem to remember that's how the shop was described, and I think that's the kind of vibe they're trying to put across at this point. Where it's not like the scary um, building as Stranger Things behind the barbed wire fence. It's or like you know, a fraternity a, type deal, yeah, like a yeah, like a yeah, hospital. or a college campus or something. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And then we just have a massive exposition dump um, where uh, so Martin goes into his office. Um, we have Rainbird who's sort of like standing. Who, who he's kind of like some like um, is he a Native American? That's what I was um, trying to figure hitman? out. I couldn't tell because yeah. uh, he had like yeah. the tone for it, but like yeah. The one I that George sees, but the name plays. too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, his name is, is Rainbird, that, though. I mean, the way that they they make him look, in, looks like he probably. Um, yeah. They don't really describe it too much. Um, it, it's difficult in older films when they, when they often um, don't cast people in the, the ethnicity that the character is trying to portray. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know what is that. What what is uh, ethnicity? But he's got a sort of standing ominously in the corner, and yeah. then we have the, um, the the guy, the doctor we've previously seen um, administering the uh, the lot six to everyone come in and basically just give a massive exposition dump about yeah. um, everything. He kind of implied, does he know who Rainbird is? Because um, otherwise, why would he be just telling all of this really sort of like confidential information in front of a stranger in the corner? But but then he's also implying. The way he's talking to him is as if the Rainbow doesn't know any of this stuff because it's a it's a, a classic sort of like as you know, 
blah, yeah. blah blah blah. Yeah, if these people know about it, why would we, they be talking about it in, in this in this fashion? I think um, um I think he, um Rainbird knows a little bit of stuff um because he's always talking about how he just wants Charlie. He care about mm. Andy. So I think that yeah. he he must know some sort of um file or something at least on her because he's mm. so fixated on, yeah, on it's her very creepily very creepily fixated on and like um, in, even like dr wallace is kind of saying like well we need to have both of them in here because he needs to study andy because andy's the one that was you know got lot six yeah. she's yeah. just um a product of of, of them yeah. you know of the of the wife like it actually child who just got it passed down so obviously they the would want to go yeah. to the source the, the source of it and he's just like mm. nah, i don't care i just want charlie and but it is this is this is, is the fir- what i was saying the kind of problematic sort of almost um predatory um aspect of this film where he doesn't say why he wants it but it, it does it's almost like the other characters in the room when he's talking about it are like well this doesn't seem this seems yeah. really creepy and he's kind of saying like I want her as long uh, I will get her for you as long as I can have her when you, uh, you're finished with her. And it doesn't, they don't say what he wants her for until quite late in the film. And it does come across as a sexual thing. Oh, yeah. Because he even said, it, yeah. like, she's so yeah. beautiful. I'm just like, this yeah. is a little girl. Yeah. Like, yeah. This, uh, this gets skipping ahead a little bit, but the scene when, like, um, he comes in the cleaner room and then, like, the power goes out and shit. Like, even yeah. that's like, I, it's kind of like you get like the fatherly vibe from it, but at the same time, it's also weird. It's like, yeah. it's, yeah. you know, because I mean? that's not your daughter. No. Well, he, but I'm going to skip a, skip ahead a bit as well, but he he does then later on say he, it's something about that. If he kills someone and looks at them when he kills them, he uh, he takes their power. Their power, yeah. yeah. It's but, like he's hoping in the afterlife. I can have it in the afterlife. What are you talking yeah, about? Where dude? did the, it's like? Where did all this come from? It feels <laughs> like this probably would have been a lot of in the book of, of in oh, his yeah. backstory, yeah. what he believes and stuff. But it kind of fucking comes from nowhere, and you're like, what? what? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, and and then you think about was this part of his his religion? What? It's not really clear. Is the guy just like, break I, out of the mental asylum? Or... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's very strange. Yeah, you don't yeah. really understand like what his like what he's from. Like you think maybe he was like you know. Um, uh, hired like hitter or something that's like that. That's what I. That's what I was gathering. But then he was saying like early, like later. This is later. Um, when he's when the lights are out and he's talking to Charlie, it's like how he was in the war. I don't know mm. if that's like a, a true story that he's, he's well, if he's telling, trying to gain her trust, telling her, mm. or if which it's, is essentially what he was hired for. Yeah, and or like if he wasn't in the war and he's just believable. Um, but he he's comes across like oh i know how to do everything like all your people are are awful like i know how to how to get them and he, yeah he does and he kind he, of implies to martin sheen that i know stuff about you and i could kill you really easily so you, you do the fuck what i say and yeah just a very strange character um <laughs> yeah, he does give us some weird yeah so um then we cut back to um uh charlie and um andy and uh charlie said we could go to grandpa's yeah, out. We could go and hide out there, which, uh, and he's and he, again he implies. Oh, I was just thinking that. Did you read my mind? So it's like, okay, it's just another um, power which they've got. Um, doesn't feel like a good plan to me. Don't go and hide uh, anywhere um, related to your family because exactly. That's that's gonna, gonna be the they're definitely going to be watching. Exactly. Um, 
I know that they um they also kind of want to stop at a newspaper. Um, they want to like write to the newspaper to kind of get the shop to lay off because I think if they bring it to the light, something mm-hmm. would happen. Oh yeah, they'll just um, go but away. like when you think of that kind of logic, it's like these people are everywhere. <laughs> they probably Literally. get control of the newspaper. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like there, there's probably somebody in the newspaper who knows and would on this report. Thing, yeah. Um, so, so just now they would just start live streaming it all on Facebook when they yeah, start right, chasing right, right. Like, literally yeah. one post on Facebook <laughs> yeah, we're here and here one tweet we yeah um, um, yeah and then I think after that is when um, they kind of meet up with uh, this guy named Irv mm. uh, they're trying to find a way to get to Grandpa's house and they, they mm. um, and also I think Charlie gets a sense also that they're on their tail and everything and whatnot. Mm. So they're on their way and they're driving by and they just happen to drive by two of the guys on the side of the street. Like, oh my god, they're there! <laughs> yeah, yeah, so yeah. it's like, well, you guys are screwed. Um, and then they they manage to um, go to Herb's house because he offers, like, hey, you want to come over and have some some lunch or whatever? And they're like, yeah, yeah. not a good idea. Yeah, and they drop a bit like me and my me and my wife always wanted a little girl like you. Yeah, um, there's okay, a lot of stuff what's gonna like happen that. Yeah, a lot of yeah weird like comments towards. Charlie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, mm. this guy seems all right. Yeah, you know, but, he's just like, like an old man who wanted a daughter, but yeah, yeah. But with a, with a wife who looks about forty years younger than him. Yeah, yeah literally. Um, and also, I like, think she's a gold digger, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So they um hide like their identities. Or who they? Oh, I'm Bobby, and I forget what the hell Andy calls himself. John or something. Yeah, yeah John. Yeah. Um, they, they go there, you know, they kind of. Uh, wife and he gets like table whatnot and they see all the chickens and charlie aka bobby or bobby aka charlie however you want to put it uh goes outside with the wife and then um, i was like can i can i talk to you so they go and have, have like a little um a talk man oh man yeah and he's like i i know i know you're not who you who you are and he's like yeah i know but he gives him like a yeah. little bit of a rundown and he, he kind of like you know that's who charlie is Charlie comes in, and immediately is like, they're coming down dirt road right now. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm going to grab my gun, and I'll stand with you. He's like, this guy doesn't even know. These could be, like, super dangerous people. I mean, no, they they are, but, like, you know, the bad kind, and he'd be standing next to them, and like, yeah. without any second questions or anything. Uh, he was just ready to fucking... Yeah. He wanted to shoot someone. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was going to say, um, an outsider looking into America, if it was like, yeah, well, anyone who goes onto Americans... Um, land that's gonna get shot that, yeah, yeah. That, um, i think so. he was just i think he just had an itchy trigger finger <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah exactly yeah he just like, what, he, he, he's like a, he's a prepper he's got like his he's got oh, yeah, all his he's stuff like right a bunker yeah. underground <laughs> yeah he's got he's got a right wing podcast he's been waiting for it with a kickoff you know oh, yeah, yeah, yeah 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 it's any excuse uh one of the things that like really um kind of touched on me especially not being being father and whatnot but there's a quote that um Charlie says to to Andy, "It's like, if I do something bad, will you still love me?" And yeah. like when she said that, I was just like, "Oh my god, this is awful!" It's like she knows what she's doing is not right, but it's like what she has to do. Yeah, and yeah. she's so afraid that if she does she's these conflicted. things, that um, yeah, that she's gonna lose the the last person in, in her she, life. Yeah, that she's close to her father. So that's that's really. And I think that comes from when he told her off for hurting her mum. And I think that's still oh, yeah. a big part of this, you know, because Definitely. he was telling her that's a bad thing. Um, and I think, you know, there are sort of metaphors in this 
about you know children becoming adults and them changing and you know them not knowing the power they've got within them and 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 being afraid to to go to be able to control the things yeah. you know all these hormones and stuff inside the head and i think again there's a good idea here which i um, it'd be really good to see taken a bit further and yeah and that's definitely my... isn't it um, in a lot of stephen king games? yeah King's i was just gonna say like, stephen idea. king really likes to write about kids like that's his, his favorite don't they um vulnerability and then like kind of show them um who they who they're meant to be mm. like it is Become a great, the characters great example they, you know yeah. that, that's a good mm. one um so yeah there's definitely a lot of that and a lot of his stories and especially this one um so we got Know, go to the the main conflict that's going on right now they they all show up and you know the group is there on on the porch the wife is just like i don't want anything to do with this like what the hell are we doing here like you're just, you just feeding the chickens what's going on yeah so um you no know, uh irv's got his gun he's he's all he's he's ready to go man he's just ready to, to pop he's off one of them right day. now he's like get off my lawn right now you know like the the um the whole like i don't know u.s part is just kind of going through the you're on my lawn. Go, get out of here. I don't, I don't want you here. Um, so they're kind of this explain like, well, we just want them. That's it. And you, you guys would be completely fine. It's like we're not gonna hurt them or anything. And um, Charlie just, you know, unleashes hell on them. And yeah, this... there's a really nice bit when uh, you see the thermometer in, in the um in the kitchen go up, and they go, "Is she doing that?" And yeah, yeah you can see it's all gonna it's all gonna kick off. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah, um, I think uh, it starts off of one of them shooting um, Irv by accident. I don't think they were trying to aim at him, but he got like shot in the shoulder or something. Mm -hmm. And then she just loses it and just like starts making everybody burn up. <laughs> Things are yeah. exploding, and they're all like, "Oh crap! I gotta get out of here!" Yeah, like, yeah. But they're still shooting at her and mm. whatnot. Yeah. It's like she can melt you, dude, just by yeah. looking at you. You're done. <laughs> Yeah, um, you'll you'll literally be dead to her. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. she lays waste to everybody there. I don't think there's like one survivor who, other than you know, Irv and, and um, all the cars are gone. She blew them all up. A lot of cars get blown up in this room. Yeah, so <laughs> that that's definitely where the budget was going to was all the fire yeah. effects and yeah. all of the cars that just explode and the helicopter at the end. Yeah, a lot of money. Yeah. Um, so you know she she um winds up calming herself by saying like you know like back off like she has to keep saying that like you need to stop telling herself mm -hmm. to stop and she's trying to learn to control this um, which as a little girl like you know see the lot. fact that she can like you know take the initiative and like be like i need to control this and find her own way of like yeah. putting it keeping it at bay what i is think impressive, would you know? have been a really cool touch to kind of help her get herself to calm down is if andy would like get into her mind and kind of like mm -hmm. show her what to do be like this is what you need to do to calm down because he can just make people do whatever yeah, so but he'd rather yell at her <laughs> yeah. so it's like, it's like i'd rather i want to show you what you can do like if you do it this way like you know like mind to mind and mm -hmm. then she could like you know ease herself off but i think also with her realizing how she can help is also a good way yeah mm -hmm. um I think, it, again, it goes back to the character development, you know, like yeah. of her, where she's like, you know, I need to know what's right and what's wrong, the exactly. right and wrong way to use it, you know? Yeah. Um, does, Andy, does Andy use any of his powers at this point? No. I know, it's, uh, we, we didn't all, talk about... I think, I think his powers all, are actually starting to like kind of yeah, down he, a little bit at this point. 
it's also because he's so exhausted and yeah. he's he's been using it way more than Charlie, obviously. Fires mm. everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think, I think they said at some point that every time he uses the push, it, it, he has a brain hemorrhage and he, yeah. he's getting all the, and it's just I it's know, killing him. That. That, that's why he bleeds. Yeah, yeah, that sucks. With her, she just sweats. <laughs> she <laughs> yeah. just sweats. That's it. And, but, uh, really there's, there's something which we we missed when the the doctor was saying we need to get hold of Charlie. Um, he was saying that we don't know the extent of her power, and this is something cool. I th- I thought that um the it, get, it gets brought up a couple of times, but they're just saying that. If she and and I was thinking, about, I was thinking, you're right that you know someone who can make fire happen, you know. How do you explain that? that? <laughs> how do you explain that? But then you said, well, why why would there be a limit on that? Because it's an impossible thing. So he's not yeah. saying she could be like a, a nuclear bomb. She could like split the world in half. You know, what? Yeah. What is there? What is there to say there's a limit on this power? And, and really that's actually you at the end, which just starts like throwing fireballs and stuff. Yeah. Like it gets crazy. <laughs> like, but it, you can. It, I think that they could have made that a bit more uh, morally ambiguous in as much as like, yeah, yeah, she is really fucking dangerous and we do need to take her out because like, if she can't control this, she is, she is a massive danger to, to everyone. And I think that yeah. could be something which they could get, lean into a little bit more with like, not just have a bad guy who seems to want to molest her and then kill her. Yeah. Um, have someone who's actually like trying to do the right thing yeah. to try and to shut her down. That would be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. If they did that in a way of like making it, more of a wholesome thing and not like i'm going to do whatever i want to you and like mm. you know and also like help her in a way to be like if you do want to do it do it this way do it safely mm. in a controlled area because mm. i would i would imagine that would having a power like that you would have to have an itch to just let it out because i would imagine it would build up so much inside of you yeah. that you would have to let it out so yeah like i would i wonder if like even like just like everyday stresses would trigger it you know what i mean it's like oh shit i but broke it, a cup it kind of does that. It kind of does that at the yeah. very end, you know, when yeah, when everything. But they say that, and they talk about. And I, I bet this is a sequence in the book which um, they reference to. But they were saying they say at one point that whenever she was a baby, imagine that um, when the baby gets starts crying, it would start just start setting fire to the toys around her and stuff. And, and I, I think, yeah, imagine that. Imagine trying to deal with with. Um, when the child's an irrational toddler or just a baby, and that, 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 <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I was watching The Incredibles with with my um my kids every day. And I said, Jack Jack is really really dangerous, and it's yeah. and there's a bit where he's actually on fire, yep. and it looks horrific. It, uh, when you look at, I know he's just like going, hey, 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 yeah, he's like, movie. <laughs> yeah, he looks like he's literally a light and it's, yeah. it's going, oh this is a bit this is quite dark when um when you i think often when you sit, watch like kids stuff when you're not listening to it some of the visuals you think oh that's fucked up you know yeah oh definitely and i i would imagine this was an inspiration for some of that as well i oh, think mm-hmm. this had to have been an inspiration to create some sort of superheroes you know what was that didn't we yeah. go see that movie brightburn a few years ago you went to go i see got that. brightburn on my screen now i said this is Lots of stuff in this. It's like yeah. Brightburn is like Superman meets Firestarter, isn't it? Yeah, essentially. Brightburn is, I think, it's kind of like he takes like a darker turn. Yeah, but... it's a superhero, mm. but he's there to kill you. He's like an antihero. <laughs> yeah, yeah so... it's great. It's a great film. It is. I, I really I do enjoy it. that. We got to cover that one. Mm. But um, I think also at this point is after you know everybody's burned and dead. I was like, go take the jeep, and his wife's <laughs> just like, no, we don't want anything to do with these people. Uh-uh. Yeah. but. But it's like, don't you then let them take the jeep? <laughs> yeah, it's like, well, we gotta let them out of here, and then whatever, just take a jeep mm. out of here. 
and then they they uh, decide to find their way. It's your granddad's. <laughs> find yeah. their way to their grandfather's house. But before they do that, we get a little bit of a um a sequence of which this is kind of like really out of nowhere. Um, Doctor Wallace is sleeping, and then John's there, and just kills him. Yeah, does like, a kung kung fu chop on his nose. And it, yeah, it's, just, it's literally out of nowhere because he knew that Doctor Wallace was kind of do was gonna do. I guess more good, and that he he thought that if I can get this doctor out of my way, then I can do, I have have Charlie to myself. It would make it way easier. But they never really touch on that. They never say, "Oh, where's Doctor Wallace?" They literally just bring in some other doctor. They never like <laughs> they don't question I think, it. I think it's implied that um um Martin. Sheen, I keep wanting to say Charlie Sheen. Martin Sheen kind of um implies that you need to get him out of the way. It's kind of like. Yeah. Oh, okay. oh yeah, she yeah. does have like that like vibe to towards him though. Maybe I didn't catch on to that one. So okay, that that makes a little bit more. Because the isn't there's that one scene where they um they are doing the tests and stuff on her, and she's like, "I want you to leave the room, otherwise something's gonna happen to you." Yeah. Is that the new doctor or is that that's the, the new one? Oh, okay. That's the new one. Um. So then they Some they they um make it to their grandfather's house, and then you um this place called Chimney Rock Lake, um to drop off some letters which i guess is what they wanted to bring to the newspaper mm. and then this is what i meant like even if you were to do that there's people everywhere because there's literally a lady in the shop like yeah. do you have a phone somewhere she's like they're here so it's like they're yeah. literally everywhere like you, you well, can't, well, not can't not they're, they're literally <laughs> waiting by the grandparents um hut because that's an obvious place to go to yeah but, exactly know, so it's like they were already kind of there you and just then... think if, again if you had email this film would have finished rather than yeah right. yeah, yeah exactly uh, then we have another talk with, you know, um, uh, Charlie, uh, no, um, John and Hollister. And that's um, kind of, I think this is the point where he says to Hollister what he wants to do with Charlie, um, mm. or at least a little bit more, because then he's sent out to go and get, yeah. to go and get them. Um, so th- there's like a little bit of fishing there and whatnot. But the main thing is when the mailman goes to get the mail, everything seems fine. But, you know, something's going down, because why the hell would we, would we be walking? watching a mailman yeah so yeah, yeah. he's just driving down and then at first i didn't think it was john um mm. but there's a, another dude and then john they're like f- like fixing quote unquote their car and mm. then a mailman comes by he's like hey, hey, hey can, can you uh, help us out i need i need to jump over here like yeah yeah yeah, sure nope dead immediately yeah. just takes the mail i left on the side of the road as well not hidden away or yeah I always thought that was that. That's kind of funny. It's like they knew exactly the the route that they were going to take to that the exact road, the exact mm. time, and everything. <laughs> just yeah. just waited there. Yeah. Um, and then and then we have um uh Rainbird sort of cl- trying to get a, a view of of the um of the the lake house uh, yep. climbing up the tree, and that this made me think of um uh the uh out of uh, Red Dragon um Mind Hunter. With the, oh um, yeah, Francis Dollar, Francis Dollar Hyde getting up into the tree and watching the family and like breaking the the, the branches out of the way and, and watching them from yeah. from, from uh, peeking through the leaves. <laughs> yeah, yeah, great book. Which is really, really, yeah, that aspect is really creepy. Was always creepy to me that the fact that someone could be just watching you. Yeah, and, and, and especially this guy when you know what what he <laughs> wants to do is you know one of the family yeah. members. Yeah, it's even exactly. worse. <laughs> um. <laughs> But then we get like I, I I've written down here. It's like why did they go to Grandpa's house? They weren't there for very long, and I was thinking the main. I think the main reason they did it is to have that great visual 
of um, uh, Rainbow shooting um, Charlie with the um, the dart. Yeah, the dad not knowing where where they uh, is coming from, and then then he, and then he gets shot as well. But then you see all of the um, the people in the fireproof suits just appear out of the woods, and I think that's a, a great visual. It yeah. feels very ET um, with like all the men trying to coming to uh i were just saying it's like there's a lot of like et vibes and stuff and yes um, definitely um but yeah i thought that was um for a film that doesn't have much visual flair in it that was a, a very a very nice yeah um, uh, visual yeah i i enjoyed the scene very very cool and also like the the conversation that um John and uh, I'm mean, no um, Andy and Charlie were having in the house, like saying, "Oh, this is like never going to be over. Like, how long do we have to be on the run? The run for and everything is very, it's very sad knowing that she knows her life is this for the rest running of it, away, yeah, as this, as this running. And right there, like, yeah, we're just going to go out, but um, they can't even leave anywhere because they the both get shot. <laughs> get shot. So yeah, it's it's um very sad. It, this movie is very sad. It really is think of it that way like this poor girl just born into this life you know without any kind of option and got this i guess side effect of lot six mm-hmm. going to be on the run forever it's awful um thinking mm-hmm. that this could be you is even worse i'll you know? go again mm-hmm. dealt some shitty cards <laughs> yeah um and then this is when we finally um see what the shop looks like. Mm. Ross or Aaron, if one of you guys want to take it away. Uh, well, we have um, uh, Andy waking up in a. Uh, it, it, it looks to me like what I would imagine the White House would be like, um, yeah. with, with, with like uh, old paint, lots of paintings and everything everywhere. And um, and then uh, he realizes none of the windows are real. Um, so I'm trying to think: have they blocked up the windows, or is have they got? Um, like a room in an underground. I think they're underground. They yeah, I think it's yeah. just like a wall with a window on yeah, it. I yeah, I think it's underground, so that way, if anything happens, it's it's in a contained area. Because I think it yeah. was upstairs, even if like the windows and stuff were like barred down and locked down with yeah. metal, I think it would still just. In which case, why did they bother making it look like he's in a in a house where that all he know, needs right? to do is open the curtains? Just, I don't know to make them seem more comfortable. Even though their job yeah. there is not to make them comfortable, it's to make them push their limits and you know test them. Yeah. So I don't know. Very yeah. good question. It's meant to to have that reveal in the film so that the windows were yeah. um <laughs> and yeah, and also Charlie's in a, in a similar situation, and they're trying to sort of like bring her on side, giving her lots of toys and all that kind of stuff. Um, but they both obviously want to see their. Their, yeah. uh, their mom or uh, sorry, their, their dad or their daughter yeah she gets like this literally this special treatment where he's just being abused uh, she's got like a suite <laughs> like, that she's staying in and... take your pills take it and Charlie's like oh here's your hot cocoa how's it yeah. going and and you're, Atari, you're Atari um 2600 yeah. <laughs> or whatever the, the machine was um another thing that's actually really cool is that we kind of hear for the first time what her power is when she says my pyrokinesis so it's like okay, yeah, so we, we we have some sort of I don't know word for what she has, but I think at one point they do say that he has like telepathy, but mm. that's it. But she like she knows. Did she come up with that word or or something? Because I've never heard of pyrokinesis. Anything Which I mean, it makes sense. I feel like I saw. 
Yeah, like, I think that's when she's talking to talking to Hollister when he brings hot cocoa and not is, is really and when she she starts making bubble, bubble yeah. and the, but but you see her try she's starting to get control over her powers at that Yo. point as well mm-hmm. which is quite nice yeah back off back off yeah <laughs> then meanwhile Andy is pretending to take his drugs yeah um and uh haven't they ever seen any films because Every, in every film, people pretend to take their drugs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> especially nowadays. There's that one scene though where he like gives him the pills, where he just kind of he's laying in the bed, and then he just kind of like goes with it. But like it's like the guy stays in the room, so it's like pills. Did he fall him and I puke him up after? Well, or I was really confused with that too because the way that he was looking, he hide him under his tongue. Like <laughs> there's a part I don't know if this is part or another one, but actually does like spit out the pill. Uh-huh. But when he's in the bed by himself and he keeps looking at the camera, but he's like touching his head, I thought that he was like making his body like, like force the drugs out, like, come out. Them. Like he was like using his own powers on himself to make them come up. That's what mm-hmm. I was, oh. I was gathering that, but I was just like, I don't know if that's what's really happened, happening. Maybe he just put it to the side of his mouth. But mm-hmm. the way that he was like sitting and stuff, but maybe it was trying to like hide from the camera or something. Mm-hmm. But yeah. it, it looked like he was like. Forcing his own that's, body that's to make the pills come up. But it, it, it's the same trope that you have with Professor X that these people, they, they can only do their psychic abilities by putting their fingers to their yeah, forehead. Yeah. yeah. And then he has to try and hide the fact that he's doing that. You know, yeah. Why? Why do you, why do you have to touch your head in order to make your psychic <laughs> powers come up? <laughs> yeah, and, uh, yeah. And how did you discover that? Did you accidentally like grab your head and then? Yeah. Oh, I really bad know, migraine. Make someone blind. Yeah. <laughs> I imagine it's probably what it feels like. It's like doing that, having a migraine, especially if it's having hemorrhaging up in there. That that cannot feel good. No. Probably like a migraine times hundred. Yeah. Bleeding through his nose every time he uses. Awful. I think I'm John. I think. Yeah. Yeah. So he's fake taking all. So they think he's his powers are all, you know. Yeah. So John, to see Charlie, and um, he's just uh he comes in to clean the room, vacuum. Yeah. Um, she's like, you know, you don't have to come in here every night. I'm not messy. Yeah. And just yeah. like, well, it's my job. Yeah. Um, but then uh, yeah, he's vacuuming the room, and she's like, I'm going to bed. Um. Actually, well, no, because I sitting on the couch first, I believe, and then yeah, this two times he to visit. So that's the second time. The uh, first time is when he just, that's when he has the eye patch, and I think the first time he doesn't have an eye patch. Oh yeah, because he yeah, that's right. Yeah, but it says in the in the trivia that um he has the eye patch because of uh his eye got infected from the uh, contact lens he had to wear as oh really as, so as the as the character. Huh. Okay. Yeah. So it wasn't part of the plot. It was just um the fact that. He, his eyes got infected, so they had to put an eye patch on. Huh. I like how they kind of played it off too, as as he was like, "Oh, my face doesn't scare you, right?" Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good way to definitely. They, but yeah, they. He ends up having a conversation with John or Bird, and um, you know, she's like, "He's like, why are you here?" And me and my dad are here, and she guys want to see. They're gonna take me to see him. They won't. But he's just like, well, if you just do what they what they ask you to do, yeah, he's just can, trying to convince her to listen to you, them. You can you can go see your father. 
Yeah, so he's just gaining our trust at this And double agent. Yeah. Um, but, uh, anyway. Um. Next, I think Andy has to do his test. Oh, yeah. Um. Finally has to go do that test. Yeah. Oh, just behave yourself. Like, mm hmm, sure. <laughs> yeah, I'll do whatever you want, man. Yeah, right. Um. I fell asleep at this bit, guys. Right. So you're going to have to tell me what happened with that because, um, I never managed to keep awake for, for Andy's test. I think this uh, is where I started to kind of. Okay, I can yeah. take it over. So um, yeah. yeah, he's he's pretty much um now told like you need to do this test and whatnot. Like it's been long enough, so that he finally goes to do it. They sit him down in, like an interrogation room, and they even said to him, "It's like it's a uh, one way um uh, mirror or or a glass or whatever." It's like we'll see it, but you can't see us. Like we can see you. It's like why do you even need to say that? I'm sure he already knows like what this room. Mm. Is. Yeah. So um, the new doctor's there, and, and Hollister's, like, you know, talking to him. And they just have some random dude just come in, and then they're all, like, up um, in, like, this viewing area where there's a bunch of, like, you know, computers and stuff anywhere to kind of test, like, what's going on. And um, this random guy comes in, and then Andy asks him, like, do you know why they want you in here? He's like, oh, they said there's some kind of test, and I decided to come talk to you. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So then he has to start using his, his mind to... um make this guy do things so he tells him to pour himself like a glass of water He's like oh all right yeah i'll do that and then he just he um wants him to pour ink into his his water guy goes to do it but then he says nah you're crazy i'm not gonna put ink in my water and then that's when he knows that he just doesn't have his power because the guy is, just did is it. yeah it's fine so um that's kind of like the the end of his thing he, he goes back and whatnot, because they kind of disappointed him that he can't do it, and they all knew like he was, you know, too weak where he was, and also the pills. Uh, yeah. John was saying like you guys are weakening him with all these pills you're giving him. He's like, no, no, we're just gonna give him more. Like, oh. Well, you wanted to do these these things, but yet you want to, you know, increase the, the dosage. Yeah, even he says something. Andy says something at one point. He's like, he's like, if you give me all these drugs and I'm stoned, I'm not gonna produce. Yeah. You know. <laughs> exactly. Let me get the second visit um, of John to Charlie. And um, this is kind of more of a, a heartwarming thing. Uh, it shouldn't be just because of who, who's in the room. As uh, John goes in there and it's when he asks, you know, Charlie, oh, you afraid of my face and whatnot? No, no, no. Um, then there's a storm that uh, that comes in and John's like, I really hope these, these lights don't go off because I don't, I don't like being in the dark. It's just like him like trying to get even closer to, to Charlie mm-hmm. and whatnot. So... Um, of course, the lights go off, and then he starts acting like a, a little baby. He's like, oh, I'm afraid of the dark. And he's, like, pounding on the door, and she's like, what the fuck are you doing, dude? Yeah. <laughs> and then he does a story about when he was at Vietnam and whatnot, and says, oh, you're, you, I guess you're too young to know about this. And he describes that he was, like, put in a hole. That's mm-hmm. why he was afraid of the dark and whatnot. Um, then this is really creepy. Um, <laughs> after all this is done, uh, the lights come back on, and she go, he goes to put her to bed. And then she's, like, so out of it, and then says i love you daddy and he has the yeah. biggest smile on his face and it's like this so is disgusting because at that point yeah. he knows like she trusts him and he's like yeah yeah like oh. yeah but but how quickly did she just like replace her father you know? i know right <laughs> in a couple of days yeah, yeah it's just, it, it, just like that just... very strange like two two visits i mean maybe there was more in between the, the biggest ones yeah but like but oh that's my something God. we we often talk about in our um podcast is but it feels like it's only been in the last decade or so that people have been able to put across the passage of time in a way that people understand because 
so many times you're watching a film, I would say from the 80s backwards, and you got, you're like, how much time has passed here? Is is it days? Yeah. Is it hours? Is this the same day, or is this like a week later? And it's just, it, it it's just you need some context. Confusing. Yeah, exactly. It just feels like sometimes you're watching something. About, are these things happening in in order yeah. uh, of a couple of days, or have they been? Or is this a couple of years? <laughs> yeah. Or exactly. you need all you need is someone to say something. Yeah. To, to explain it, but yeah, yeah, you're right. It feels like all of this happens very, very quickly. Yeah. Well, they could have put like underneath, like when they were in the facility, like just like a little title card. They'd be like day five. Yeah. Month. Anything. Like yeah, or you show them like you know having a birthday party for her, or uh, yeah. mm-hmm. you know you know him bringing in some um, subtle yeah Christmas dinner or something like that. You yeah, know. exactly. Yeah. Um, this is then... why I'm not a screenwriter, guys. <laughs> both of those ideas. Um, yeah. You're critiquing yourself the whole time. <laughs> yeah. I'm like that too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the next big thing that happens is Charlie finally goes and does the first test mm. um, with the the, the promise logs. from John mm-hmm. that she would. See father mm-hmm. does the test it's very very simple just um uh it's like a tray of just wood chips but she tells everybody to leave like you need to leave otherwise something bad might happen she says that a lot like something bad might happen if you don't leave the room because she can't she knows herself. yeah she knows like the extent of the power uh, <laughs> and it's really funny too because she says um wood chips they should have given me something harder <laughs> so she's, she's already being super cocky and whatnot yeah. and whatnot so she she does the thing um they're all like astonished like the heat and everything that's just coming off of her and like this going on to the thing the tray like mm. explodes and goes flying towards the, the window and they're all like oh my god and then it, mm. she can't stop it so she looks to the tub and then it starts like boiling and, and whatnot and then she kept saying back off back off and then finally get calm down um, but at the same time, when all this is going on, one of the guys that's like in like the fire suit, he, he runs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he, yeah. he, like, he left the door open too, and, and whatnot. So like after it's done, he just leaves. But everybody's too busy talking. My favorite is is one of those scenes where it's like he's already gone, but the door is still swinging. Like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so John brings up the point. It's like, well, you guys need to um go catch your uh, test subject right now because she's gone, and one of you guys have decided to leave. And um, Paul is straight looks to the whole crew it's like hey when you guys go get her and they're all just like uh no <laughs> after that just saw, no 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 it's like but she's just a girl it's like this, uh, this has my suit <laughs> no thank you um and then we get another this is the scene i think i was talking about Hollister brings him his dosage mm-hmm. does the whole um i'm gonna make pretend i'm gonna take pillow and whatnot but at the same time he's kind of um being told like you're going to be going to hawaii and mm. um andy plays it off like is there going to be more drugs there and they're like yeah whatever you want he's like all right awesome i'm all for yeah. it man so yeah. he he's like kind of playing into it to get to what he wants and you know, get in their pillow. trust <laughs> yeah so um he plays it off really well and Hollister leaves and he goes and spits out his uh pills in a little segment of Charlie and John horse riding with um, with a horse called Necromancer, which I think is kind of funny. Yeah, but yeah, nice little bit of romance there between the uh, 
the, yeah, the it's, girl it's and, so and the, creepy. Uh... It's like at the same time you, you kind of want to like it because it's 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 wholesome, but you know what what's going on behind it is like not what you're thinking it is, mm. and it's like really gross. Mm-hmm. But mm. with him just acting nice, it's like oh, it's good. But you know that where it's but going, you know the background great. of it, yeah, it, it's awful. Yeah, yeah. But 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 when you start looking at it in a creeper, right, you start thinking. Am I am I just corrupted now? Has the world corrupted me that I can't <laughs> yeah, watch honestly, something like though. this without having these horrible thoughts about you know the the the, uh, the, the ulterior ulterior motive of like yeah. this guy towards this girl? It, yeah, I just think that maybe we just know, if, if we've learned anything, particularly in this country in the last uh, 10, 15 years, is that the world has always been a horrible place, and yep. um, oh, yeah. people have always just looked away from some of this stuff. So it's not exactly. it's not okay. Yeah. I feel like nowadays everybody has that mindset, and you kind of have to, unfortunately. And people mm. like to tell themselves, like, no, that doesn't happen. It's like, it does happen. Mm. There's a lot of bad things like that cool happen. the cool reality, yeah. yeah. You know, but yeah. people just like to kind of like push it off. Like, no, no, no. Yeah. But then you start thinking, am I being way overprotective of my children now? Oh, yeah. I am oh, very, yeah. with my son, like, he's going to be starting school this year, too, and, like, I'm very afraid of that, but I know it's going to be mm. great. But, yeah, it's it's a scary world out there, you know? Like, yeah. we all came out kind of okay, I, w- I would like to think. But especially <laughs> yeah. the new generation that's going on, right? they have so much stuff to have to tackle, I think even more. Because everything is mm. brought to the light now, and everybody mm. knows things that happen. So it's oh, a lot, nothing is, like, it's you a know, lot now that you have the internet. stressful. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. way stressful. Like, I used yeah. to, like, think it, like, it was bullshit, but, like, honestly, that generation has it a lot harder than any of not Maybe not a lot. Yeah, uh, yeah a lot harder in certain ways than Everything we, is any of us filmed. did. Everything Everything's on the about. internet. And... Yeah, and that, and then they're never... It's, it's at least if you've been bullied as a kid when you got home, you were safe from them. But, yep. Yeah. But now yeah. it's like you go home and it's ten times worse because you see yeah. ten people online messaging you. Yeah, 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 and it's not just the people in your school bullying you; it's people from all over the world oh, bullying yeah. you. Yeah, man, it's easy. Yeah, yeah. W- welcome to old men complain about the the modern world podcast. Um, <laughs> hey, that's okay. We we, yeah. we complain about it a lot too. Yeah. Um. So I think the the next real real big thing has been um probably has to go on second test, and um before John like went and talked to her again, it's like you just need to make sure when you're doing these tests you you're giving them. Um, something to give you back. Like you need to make sure you're getting what you want. Mm. So she does the um, she does the test, and then she says like up front, like I need to see my father after. Um, mm. And then uh, this this one is like there's a big like concrete wall that she has to do, but there's a bunch of ice in it, so they made the the room really 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 cold. I think mm. they said it was like below zero or something. So she um you know does she does uh the test really well. She blows everything up. And then she asked for the father, and then they're just like, you need to do more tests. And she's like, whatever, I'm never going to go what I want. And then we get a little bit of um, Andy in his room watching TV, and this is when we see that he has his powers back, or at least they're they're strong enough now. He's changing yeah. the TV with his mind. Once again, he has to yeah. touch his head <laughs> yeah. to do it. Um, uh, then um, the doc um, wants more stuff from Charlie, and um, everything is just awful and uh oh and then this is when he uh john actually fully describes what he wants to do with charlie mm-hmm. the hollister how he says like i want to get her i want to make i want to make her as happy as possible i want to get her right to that point and then i'm just gonna punch her right in the face and i'm gonna have her bones go into her brain and yeah. then i want her to set me on fire so that way i can have those powers in the yeah. afterlife 
like what yeah <laughs> what so, i can see why you, you you've been holding this back um what do you want me to do with this information you know it's, <laughs> yeah uh, even hawks is like you're real crazy you know that is like oh i know <laughs> yeah <laughs> Super just feel like, he's proud of it <laughs> yeah and this is kind of like where for me stephen king would often just goes off the rails it's like oh yeah yeah you, you're going with it and then mm-hmm. you go like what where's this going now yeah this is it's his i think his um his imagination is incredible because you know yeah. the things he's he's written but sometimes for me it just it just goes off on such a weird tangent <laughs> it, you, you end up yeah and you but you end up sort of like well you've lost me now because there was um there was all this the story was um kind of logical and believable up until this point but now you've suddenly gone off onto this um i don't know i think that there's there's an aspect of magic in a lot of his stuff yeah like that fantasy which, type yeah but it's it's very much it feels that this, this is um how many can i explain this i feel like often magic and fantasy follow rules which are yeah. kind of established based on folk folklore and and like a history yep. of it whereas he just goes off on this is my this is like stephen king universe and i feel like i can see why a lot of people when they become into like his whole world and a lot of stuff is uh joined up and there's like a joined universe and uh Dark like, powers. Um, yeah and like the the, the things like sh- people having this shining ability or an ability to push stuff is like in lots of different stories and stuff as well. It's not just this. Um, it kind of makes sense then, but I think if, if you're just someone who just like picks up the odd book, um, it's almost like, this is so weird to me. Just out I, of place I can't, almost. Yeah, yeah. I can't, I can't get on board with this. Um, I think like the stand, for example, um, I, I love like the end of the world side of things, but the, the, then like the, the supernatural element of it it was just like i i can't follow the logic of this and it, it, it it's almost like i lose my way with it and i yeah I, it's too I, detached from reality yeah um so like this aspect here that i think they just touched on it a little bit and it, and i think it's almost like well we have to we have to put it in there because we need to give him a reason for what he's doing but let's just gloss over it very quickly because it's it's all weird and fucked up yeah but i i imagine the book has got a lot more of that kind of magical side of things and um uh and it, it hopefully it would make a bit more sense but it, yeah it's that's why a, i need a, a very strange book. yeah it's a strange mesh of mesh of things i think um but at least it's unique at least you it's oh, exactly. got, yeah it's Stephen yeah. World, uh, Stephen King's world, you know what yeah. he says goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and and it's when you read those books, you always you always know that there's going to be some kind of um, left turn which you didn't see coming. And often yeah, you're like, for sure. it's like, yeah. Sometimes you can go with it. Other times you're like, oh, but now, yeah, yeah. I've read like 900 pages and now it's gone all weird. And, and <laughs> yeah, like in the misery episode, weren't you and um, Mike talking about how like in the books he'll go on for like 10 pages about a fucking chair or something like that? <laughs> yeah, he, did, he would describe it so much, and also he would like put you into the book that, um, mm. that he was writing. So you would see that world, and you would see um, the other world, and you would see the room a lot. So yeah, there's a he puts a lot of, a lot of detail like aspects into mm. his books, which is a, it's a good thing, but sometimes mm. it's a little too much. Like the Stan, that book has so much detail, mm. everything. 
especially yeah. it also has a lot of detail on everything uh, another one that i that i read a couple of times is bag of bones that's another mm. one that has a lot of detail um he just, he just loves to build the world mm. a mm. lot and um and i would say it's probably the same for this in, in the book i'm definitely going to read it before well hopefully before the um the actual remake comes out so i can I'll compare but, um, you guys covered Gerald's game. That's uh, we have not, but I have. I've seen it, and I think I have read the book. But it's been a long time. Yeah, yeah that's that another was, um, one. That's another one where, like, I really enjoyed the film, and then it's like, what? What's that? Like, it's almost like I need to watch the last ten minutes again of that film to, to know what the, what the hell happened. Yeah. It's almost like a, tw- <laughs> a twist upon a twist upon a twist. Yeah. Um, but that that was that's got some of the the creepiest visuals I've ever seen. Um in a in a film and and when you start thinking about what she actually saw it's it's yeah it's it's good there's many layers of weirdness and creepiness in that film i still don't really understand that's why i like stephen king though it's a lot of like what you're thinking about after not really what you're thinking about in Mm. the moment you know yeah um so that's why i really like his books and his adaptations because they both do the exact same thing you're just thinking about the after and it kind of lingers with you and then when you rewatch the movie it like you yeah. know, you realize things each time too. Yeah. You're like, shit, I didn't catch that last time. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But back to Firestarter. <laughs> <laughs> um, we get a um a pretty good um you know, um scene where Andy actually has his powers back and he's talking to Hollister. And he's like all excited, like he's like, you're gonna be leaving tonight at like eight p.m. Um, the helicopter's gonna come get you. You're gonna go to Hawaii. He's like, oh, that's great. And then he starts talking to him, and he's like. But I need Charlie to be with me. He's like, no, no, yeah. no, Charlie can't be with you. But then, <laughs> but then uh, he's like, no, Charlie needs to be with me. He's like, yeah, yeah, okay, Charlie would be with you. Um, you need to give me a pen and paper so that I can I'll write a note, and you need to give it to Charlie. And he's like, oh yeah, yeah, here you go, here you go. <laughs> so now he's like, he's full potential. And um, this is where Charlie messes up, man. Messes up, yeah. and, and it's all because of John. You know, mm. is when she gets the note, and then John comes to visit. And she's like, "Oh, John, guess what? Guess what? Uh, my 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 dad found a way for us to leave." And my dad's like, "Oh yeah, really? Where are you gonna go?" And he's like, "Oh, it's a stable, and um, I gotta be there at this time." And then, and but they're talking in the hallway because they're in the room. Listen, um, so they go into the hallway, yeah. and she's kind of like talking to him, like, "Oh, I'll bring you there." And as soon as she's like, uh, "No, no, no, I won't do it," but he's like, "No, I will." And she's like about to agree with it. But then a mm. guy comes through. He's like, "Charlie, I'm here to take it to you, uh, to your dad or whatever." And then John kind of just walks off screen. Mm. And then this is like the the final, final like finale of the film. It yeah. all like ramps up right here. It takes a while to get here, but yeah. um, the ending, yeah, the explosions, it, it, the explosions from this point on wake me up. You know, so, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what happened with me. <laughs> yeah, it, it takes a while to get here, but it's really good. Um. So uh, the guy takes uh, Charlie stable. Um, John got there way ahead of time. He's already like staking out and everything, being a creepy motherfucker. Um, <laughs> and um, so he gets there, and Charlie convinces the, the guy to leave, and he won't. But she starts burning, like making the gun really hot, so he drops it, and yeah. then also like burns him a little bit, and he runs away. And then mm. and John's upstairs calling to her. And he's like, oh, John's that you? Yeah. Like, yeah, it's me. Come up here. Where he wants to. He's at the point where he can kill her now. Like, yeah. Even mm-hmm. though she's happy, but I don't think it's the happiness that he was hoping it was going to be. 
I think it's his last chance because she's about to slip through his fingers. Yeah. And also, maybe he's a little bit frightened, you know, and, you know, daddy's coming and daddy's got his powers back, you know, yeah. so. But the yeah. other thing that, that bugs me is, like, he, he wanted to, um, he wanted to punch her, you know, and, and like, mm. have her, like, melt him. But she, mm. he's up there with a gun. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, what? Yeah. I'm just going to sit back here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, so, yeah, um, if you've seen what she can do, you might want to start doing it for a bit. But, but yeah. then I'm going to go and hide amongst a load of flammable material. Yeah, you know, right. Up, up, I'm going to hide a in a barn of... full of hay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so uh, yeah, they go there, and then um, finally you know, the father and, and um, Hollister, they show up. Um, uh, Hollister tells um, Andy about John. He goes up, and they all discover that John's there. And... Um, Charlie starts getting really, really upset, and then things start, you know, kind of going sideways. But John's Heating like, you up, don't I guess want... you can say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he's like, you don't want to do this. You're going to burn all the horses in here, necromancers in there. So he's like mm. kind of still playing with her head a little bit, while mm-hmm. Andy's just like, you need to die. So he tells Hollister, shoot him, kill him. Yeah. But no, he gets mm-hmm. shot right in the head immediately. Yeah. Um, so he goes out like a chump. Yeah. <laughs> he's gone. Yeah. Um, uh... But you, thinking... but you got to think though that you know Charlie's already killed loads of I was going to say FBI, but they're like shop guys. Yeah, I have no problem about that at all. So you know, she's not going to give a fuck about horses. No, no, no. no. <laughs> um, and another really creepy thing that I think I think John says this is um, or maybe maybe it was Andy. I don't know if it was Andy or if it was John, but I have a quote here. It says, "I love you, Charlie." I don't remember who says that. John says that as he dies. Oh yeah, that's right. Because she as burns it, the hell out of him. Yeah, yeah. Bl- she blasts him against the wall. I think, and then he's like, "Charlie, I love you." And yeah, it's just like, what the hell? So, um, yeah, yeah, because Andy got shot, and he, yeah, he knows that he he's dying. So he has the last talk with Charlie. Logan, please. So, um, he uh kind of tells him like, tells Charlie like, you need to show these guys that this is war. You need to go burn mm-hmm. everything down. This is your last chance. If yeah. you do this, they will stay away from you, and you will be something that nobody would like really want to be part of. And she's kind of, you know, pushing back on it, like this this isn't good. I don't want mm. to do that. Yeah, so, but then she kind of realizes she has to. Yeah, yeah. and then and he dies, and it's it, and this, then we get twenty twenty minutes of fire effects. <laughs> that whole like like last like um dialogue session between Charlie and Andy literally almost made me cry. Especially oh, yeah. being a father and everything, it's so sad because they yeah. got so far to to the point where they could go to this isolated area, yeah, and kind of just like you know deal with whatever they needed to do there, and they could just be gone from everybody, yeah. But instead, you know, the last person that that was close to her and that she really loves is dead now. Mm. So, so now she literally <laughs> just kills everything and like her yeah. powers just amp up amp up like there's yeah. a point we get some, when they're like shooting some... at her and like all the bullets like melting and deflecting off her which i think was awesome yeah, yeah. it's amazing and, and it's amazing that they managed to do that in 1984 as well it looks yeah, good right. it looks exactly. great yeah I, um i i hope that when in the remake there's uh the same amount of practical effects me too. It, I, ho- I think it will. I hope it's not CJ fire. Yeah. Oh, I, I really I hope it don't go that way. Yeah. Because I feel like this but is this... one of those movies that would rely that relies on the practical effects. Like yeah. any movie in the eighties, honestly, you know, yeah. there was so much practical effect. Yeah. You know. 
but she starts firing fireballs in this and um reading up that was like one of the hardest effects for them to do to actually have balls of yeah. fire like tra- travel there must be traveling along white uh cables and stuff but blowing things going towards buildings and blowing buildings up and stuff um and it just looks great and um and, and you've got that little girl what well, the great thing of it you've got that little eight-year-old girl at the center of all this and all this shit is just yeah, coming out of her like a fucking you know? war zone <laughs> everybody yeah, burns. Yeah. Building yeah, cars cars don't just expect they it's like the flames just fire out sideways and upwards like you said a helicopter turns up and i was trying to work out how did they do that? Was that a model helicopter that blew up, or was that a real? I, I, what I think they probably did, they were, they were probably filming a real, like, helicopter, and then they probably did make a model, and just mm. blew it up there. Because I can't imagine they would have had one in the actual air, mm. and have it explode. But, but often, when you have scaled fire effects, it's, it's the same as scaled water effects, it looks fake. Yeah, It didn't look fake, it, it no. didn't look like something that size actually did blow yeah. up. So, yeah. Maybe it wasn't a real helicopter. Maybe it was something hanging from a crane or something that got blown yeah, up. Yeah, it's it would, It'd be great to get this on like Blu-ray or something and have like a behind the scenes. It would just to see how the stunts were done. It would be oh, interesting yeah. on this. And the amount of people who were set alight and running around, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's I don't know if um, Dead Meat has done this, but this is mm-hmm. definitely something that's count. <laughs> right. I don't know <laughs> if they've done this movie, but there's a there's a lot of deaths in this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's it's yeah. a whole just fire massacre. Like Literally. I said, um, fucking Michael Bay. <laughs> yeah, it, it's great. And at the end, it's really sad too because she says, "For you, Daddy, that this is mm-hmm. all for you." But you wanted me to do, so I did it. Now, yeah. so she was up until his death. She listened to everything that um he said, and she manages yeah. to hitch a ride from somebody and yeah. goes back to Herb's place. <laughs> yeah. So, it, I yeah. mean, like Which it's, is, it's logical. You know, but when we was watching this, I was like, I've seen this ending before. Mm. I've seen this end before, and then it was like the road to perdition. It's the same ending of the road to perdition, where he's staying with that farm family. Uh, he has to; get, they have to go off, and all this murder and mayhem happens. And then, you know, he loses his father, and then goes and lives with the uh, the, the 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 farm family, family who uh, they saw at the beginning. And I was thinking. That can't be a coincidence. The Rupert edition must have ripped this off of um, Firestar. Yeah. There's a lot of... I feel like... Yeah, after watching this, I feel like there is a lot of movies that have taken pieces of this and, you know, kind of ripped or it off. Versa. Yeah, so... um, I would say this is an influential film for a lot of, like, the things that it does, and it's obviously... It, it amps up to what you can do with special effects, especially having controlled fire like that um, mm. is nuts. And also with people running away from the fire and yeah, it not right. catching them on fire, like the, the safety protocols they must have had on this film, yeah, they must have had like a hundred people just making sure that the fires were not going to hurt anybody. Yeah. Um, and when they had aspects of fire actually chasing people as well, didn't yeah. they? Fire coming on, yeah, it was, yeah, it was and, great. Like, the amount of people that were set on fire too. This this <laughs> must have had like a um a I don't know, not like a Guinness World Record, but it must have a record of how many people on fire you know? <laughs> right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah but I, I was telling someone um i work with who's into horror movies um that i was doing this with you guys and and he said oh, i haven't seen that film and i said it's pretty slow and quite dated i said you can probably find the last battle on youtube i really recommend you watch that because exactly it, 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 it is um a milestone in like at least stunt stunt work exactly yeah, yeah definitely um, set the bar pretty high for 
um, things. And which, which makes me feel like it should be more more well known just for that. Honestly, but maybe the rest, yeah. It's what? like when you're watching, you like like you're saying. It's like I feel like I've seen this scene before. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I really do hope that people watch this. They kind of appreciate for the things that are really set for everybody to do, especially you know from the eighties and and on. Because I don't think anybody has really done fire effects or anything on the scale of this film, at least that I've seen. Yeah. I feel like it would be the hardest thing to work with because it's fire. I mean, and in the eighties too, you know. Yeah, and there's a lot of people that get burned. And so many things exploding around them too. Like makes you wonder if anyone actually got hurt. <laughs> I mean, there, there probably was like maybe minor things because I would imagine yeah. that they they had. A... I think on IMDb they said there's some people got seriously hurt making it. Yeah, that I wouldn't surprise it's me. It's kind of you know bound to happen with the kind of fire that you're working with. Who knows how many takes they had to do with that stuff too? <laughs> it, it's crazy. Um, but yeah, it's not many end... things you could redo that you couldn't. Some of the things that got blown up, you, you had to yeah. you got one, one, like one the... go at it. The cars, like, we have to do those uh, once. We can't do those again because of budget. Fire, I mean, would obviously be um, very expensive to do, too. But to blow up cars and helicopters, I, I think it would be lower on scale. Um, but we end the film with um, Charlie and um, Herb going to the newspaper, finally. Um, I don't know what they're expecting to do there. Um, yeah. Is she going to go show them um, her powers or, or, mm. or something and blow up the, the, the news station? <laughs> um, yeah. We don't really get like a, a big I conclusion. I assume she goes to like kind of spread the word of the shop and yeah, stuff. Yeah, I know that's what she was doing. Yeah, that's definitely what she was doing. But she's going to prove it though, isn't she? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so like, how would she really explain that without having to show? Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much Firestarter. It's, it's a good movie. Um, and it's And it's... Now, certain spots of it, I think it's a good movie. Like you're saying, it's definitely a really good story. I'm going to go read the book probably this week. Definitely watch the remake. I might suffer through the sequel just for the hell of it, just to watch <laughs> it again. Um, I'll just watch Brightburn. Yeah, I'll yeah, yeah. yeah. That I'll, I'll have to watch that one again. Um, but uh, Ross, what's your? Uh, what would you rank this out of ten? And um, I don't know. What are your um, final thoughts on this? My final thought, it's, it, it's an important film from my childhood. Um, it, it's, it didn't stand up as well as I remember it for the first, I don't know, I, I, I like the first act, the middle act, um, when they're at the shop, it really dragged for me. Yeah. Um, and, um, but the final act is, is incredible. Um, and what, what always happens when I end up talking um, through one one of these films on the podcast, it, it it raises at least a couple of points um, from what I would have would have scored it. So I'm going to give this um, I'm going to give this a seven out of ten. I think. Oh, I think, okay, that's um, actually high. Wow, I was yeah. expecting you to be like, yeah, I'm going to give this like a four. <laughs> uh, I I think just for it's a really good story. Um, I think Drew Barrymore is brilliant in it yeah um and um and i think the guy who plays andy is really good as well and, I, and it's a shame that he was a bigger star than uh, he he, he yeah, was it really seem like think... he went off and did it spectacular no he did do a very good job i i i felt for him for all the things he was going through yeah for sure. yeah and i think that what we always try and do is try not take marks off of um in our podcast and we don't, try not to take marks off of looking it through it um from you know 
his perspective uh, now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah that's try, what we try and look at it on, on its own merits. Yeah, I think um, it was a, a, a good film for its time, so I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10. Aaron, what about you? Um, well, we all agreed. It's a good story. It's a good story. The movie is kind of slow at times. Um, I like how it starts off, like, and keeps, you know, like, engages you, but then, yeah. like I said, it kind of slows down and, yeah. and it picks back up again, but... Um, I mean, I enjoy it. I enjoyed it, but um, <clears throat> I love Drew Barrymore. I like. You can give it a low mark. I I I won't feel bad. You can give give it a low mark if you want to. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, it's. I'll be honest. Don't worry. <laughs> um, yeah, I think Drew Barrymore is perfect for. Um, it's definitely what kind of holds. Yeah, in my opinion. Did you see that it was originally it was between her and the girl who was Carol Ann in Poltergeist? They were trying to. No, it was between those oh, two. That I didn't um, know. And then they both came up for the part of Carol Ann in um, Poltergeist, and uh, it went to her. And she, uh, Drew Barrymore got the part of ET as almost like a uh, a trade off because yeah. um, Spielberg was the producer on, on on Poltergeist, and a lot of people say pretty much the director of Poltergeist as well. Um, so yeah, it's really okay. interesting that <laughs> yeah, he could have, yeah. Didn't get enough credit on that. I, I know, <laughs> but there are so many elements of yeah. Like, yeah, this is, yeah, it, yeah. it's so yeah, so people through okay. through a, a Spielberg lens. Almost done. But, mm-hmm. yeah. but yeah, that being said, I'll probably write about a seven out of ten as well. Seven. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. I feel for you guys. I feel. Um. So, uh, like I said, it's been a very long time since I've seen this, and um, watching it as a kid, um thinking it as more and remembering it more as a sci-fi and not so much horror. Um, and obviously being older now and I'm watching a lot of horror movies and sci-fi movies and just movies in general. And with the pacing of this film, I think a little bit could have been, you know, kind of condensed or, you know, just made it a little bit more straightforward and not so bumpy. Yeah. Uh, especially like going towards the middle of the film, like we keep saying, but the ending is just it's such a great ending and it makes up for like so the... bonkers um man like I, I don't even know where i want to rate this because it's like almost every like act is its own thing like it, it's kind of has like its own pace man if i had to rate it just on the ending alone it would be a high score it would be like an 8.5 out of 10 um but as a whole because of creepiness that happens with john um, um i think even especially for the time was kind of off-putting and weird i would imagine people are like eh, i don't know if i like about how i feel about that and i don't know i might I hate to do this because like i really do enjoy this film but i think i'm gonna give it a five out of ten yeah uh, i thought he's gonna go for a five yeah i'm gonna give it yeah, like a sounds, five it's just fair. right right in the middle you know like there's a yeah. lot of things that that could be good and like improved on, um, but what what's there? It's good enough to pass mm. as a a film. Um, it's definitely not above average. It's just average, um, yeah. Yeah. especially for an '80s film. When you hold it up against all the other like '80s horror films, whether it's a like a, a B movie or like a high scale like you know triple A movie, whatever, it, it really does fall right in the middle. Um, yeah. The effects and Drew Barrymore uh, are the things that hold this whole together. In my yeah. opinion, mm-hmm. 
Yep, five out of ten blood splatter. That's fair. So, uh, you guys have any other thoughts thing on this? And I'll probably end it there. But Ross, cool. before we go, I want you to uh, let everybody know again where they can find you and what you guys are doing. Uh, so um, we are the General Witchfinders, uh, horrific British horror. Look for us wherever you get your podcast. Um, our next episode, um, hopefully recording this weekend, will be American Whale from London. Ooh, um, so, so we're looking forward to that one. So another, um, we had a pilot of American Whale from London. Um, so it was, it would have been watching that at the same, uh, on the same sort of um, uh, time as a uh, Firestar. So looking forward to that. Um, so if you want to. That should be out in a couple of weeks. Um, but yeah, uh, if you go and have a, li- have a listen. Yes, please do. Support, support, support. I push that so much. Like I'm trying to support as many podcasts as possible, and I always feel bad when I miss someone's episode because there's just so many, and there's so many great ones. Um, yeah. And also, I just love really building all these relationships. So it's really cool to have you on, man, and we would love to have you on again. Yeah. Oh, um, yes, it was good fun. It's good, good talking to you. Yeah, so with that list I sent you, I can always send it again if there's anything else you want to do this year. Oh, um, yeah, lovely. Uh, yeah, let me know, yeah, man. Yeah, pop out over again. I'll have a look. Yeah, so um, I think on that note, we're probably going to uh, end it here. Um, this was the Baron's Hideout Podcast. I was your host, Dustin. I was your co-host, Aaron. And uh, that was a special guest, Ross, from General Witch Finders. Please go support them. Thank you guys so much for being here. And thank you, Ross, for thank being you. here as well. No problem. Thank you very much. Bye, everyone. Goodbye.